invite you to remain standing for our scripture today. The first comes out of Exodus 20, verse 15. The second out of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 38 through 42. First out of Exodus 20, 15. You shall not steal. And then out of Matthew 5, we begin reading in verse 38. The words of Jesus tell us, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you. Do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. Let's pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, help us hear with joy what you say to us this day in your name. Amen. We continue our series this day on the Ten Commandments, a series where we're looking at the commandments as given uh, by God to Moses out of Exodus and then applying a New Testament scripture to how we live that commandment out today, how it is still valid in our life today. And today we are on the Eighth Commandment, as you heard, you shall not steal. You know, one of, uh, in my opinion at least, the, the best uh, musicals out there is Les Miserables. Anybody seen Les Miserables? I love saying it. Let's say it together. Les Miserables. You got to get the in there, otherwise it's not true French. Um, but in, in Les Mis, uh, Jean Valjean is the character. He seeks shelter in a bishop's home. And I'm not going to give a lot of it away. I just want to give you a scene. Um, but the wealth inside of this bishop's home is immense. And the temptation for Jean is just too much for him to bear. And so he takes a few items. The police find him later. They bring him back to the bishop. And instead of calling him a thief and saying, these objects belong to me, and he took them without permission, if you know the story, then you know the bishop claimed that the items that Jean had in his possession were gifts that the bishop had given him. What's more, the bishop tells the police and Jean that he forgot the most important gift that he had given him, the much more valuable candlesticks that he didn't bother to take. This is the definition of an act of grace. It is a beautiful picture of unmerited favor. It is a beautiful picture of receiving a blessing when a blessing certainly was not what the action deserved. It also gives us insight into the next commandment we're going to talk about today, which is the eighth commandment. You shall not steal. The Hebrew word for steal is the word ganav, and it actually serves many different definitions. It's used in many different ways throughout uh, the Old Testament. The Hebrew word ganav is used to mean to rob, to take, to carry away. 
It's used uh, to mean to kidnap. It's also used when talking about uh, to sneak, S-N-E-A-K, to sneak, uh, to deceive, or, in, or when someone is being stealthy. In antiquity, the word ganav had two very distinct definitions that they used it for. The first was the carrying off by stealth of something or someone that was not one's own. So basically, the very definition of criminal theft. Okay, so it was used for that definition. It was also used like this. It meant having the inner disposition of deception. It means basically having the mind of a scammer, the mind of a manipulator. It means having the attitude of the action of theft. Are you with me this morning? Say amen. It was used in that way. Therefore, what is God trying to say to Moses and to the rest of us through this commandment? What God is saying is that when we take goods or ideas, or in that day, people, and in this day when we kidnap someone that does not belong to us or against their will, when we deceive people, when we scam people, when we manipulate people, when we fail to return what is not ours, when we fail to give what belongs back to someone else or to someone else when we find it, when we gain at someone else's expense or at their negligence, then we are guilty of breaking the commandment of stealing. Here's another aspect of stealing that that came up in my studies this week, and I I wanted to share it with you because I'd never thought about it before. Did you know that it's possible to steal even from yourselves? When we fail to be honest with ourselves, when we try to rationalize things away in an unhealthy manner, when we constantly and are impractically hard on ourselves, then we literally rob ourselves of the opportunity for inner peace. I never thought about that before. That it is possible even to rob and steal from ourselves. We get in our own ways of living out our faith because we lie to ourselves and say we can't do it. You ever been there? Know somebody? What I've noticed about these commandments, and I'm sure what you've noticed by this point, is many of them tie into one another. They often piggyback off of one another or tie into another or have meanings that 
kind of mingle and mesh with one another? Have you noticed that? Even with this one so far, I've used the word lying and uh, dishonesty with oneself. That's another commandment to come. But this particular commandment was also uh, very often tied in antiquity in with the third commandment, which says you shall not use the Lord God, your, the Lord your God's name in vain. Just like us today, the Jews believed that all creation was created by and belongs to God. Everything in creation belongs to God. We say we are good stewards of that which we've been given. We are good managers or we are good uh, um, caretakers, if you will, of all that we've been given. So what that means is quite literally, and we'll talk more about this in our stewardship series to come at the end of the month, but, but what that means is nothing really belongs to us, but it belongs to God. And we as God's people are called to be good stewards of that which God has given us to live. Creation in and of itself was created by, sanctified, which means to be made holy, which means also to be made good. What did God say in the creation story in Genesis 1? At the end of each day, He made day, He made night, and He said it is good. The word good means holy. It means sanctified. It means perfection owned by God. All creation was made to belong to God. God then is the one who created and then lended to us, if you will, the unique abilities that humanity was given. The ability to speak, the ability to, to hear, the ability to see, to think rationally and reasonably, and all of the senses by which we use to live day to day. The ability to logic to get together the things that we put and knit together to make our lives daily. All of these are gifts given to us by God, but which belongs first to God. And we are called to use these unique abilities for the purpose of living a life that is a reflection of the one to whom we claim we are living for. Are you with me this morning? So when we use our words, our actions, our deeds, our thoughts in a way that doesn't glorify God or that turns people off to God, we found out when we talked about the third commandment several weeks ago that when we do these things and we are guilty of the very commandment of using God's name in vain. 
Well, the reason this commandment was tied to it is because likewise, when we use the gifts and abilities that God has bestowed upon us in an abusive manner or in a way that it was not meant to be used or whenever we take from others that which was blessed to them but does not belong to us, then we are guilty of the sin of stealing. And when we steal from others, we are also stealing from God. Are you with me this morning? Say amen. So the question then becomes, how do I live this command? I have no intention of stealing anything from anybody. So how do I live this command? You know, this world would be so easy to live in if we just all abided by the golden rule which Jesus himself lays out for us in Matthew chapter 7 verse 12 you know what the golden rule is Jesus says in everything do to others as you would have them do to you for this is the law and the prophets yes that golden rule it would be easy if people just did it, right? Unfortunately, the reality is that temptation of sin is too great for far too many people for it to be that simple. That a simple command to be selfless and not selfish does not suffice for humanity. Now, I want, to be, I want to stop right here for a second. I want to point out something. It's important to remember that sin is not our faults. Everybody just leaned in a little bit for a split second there. Sin is not our faults. Given into temptation is not our fault. It's the result of the lure of Satan. Okay, now are you with me? <laughs> it's the result of the desires of this world instituted by the devil. Okay? Even back in the garden, humanity was part of creation that God said was made good. Hello? When God made humanity, God said, this creation is good, perfect, belonging to God. And then, the serpent, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, he appeared, made Eve aware of an offer she couldn't refuse. The fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The only forbidden tree in the entire garden. You know, we often say that, that we as humanity are the ones who created the separation between God and humanity known as sin. But in reality, all along, it was always the sly serpent, the deviant devil, Satan, 
that made us aware that the temptation was there. Now, am I letting people off the hook? No, because guess what? We are still guilty of committing our actions. We are still liable for the way that we act. But Satan is the tempter. I just wanted to point that out because I feel like that's a touchstone for all of these commandments and, and to realize that, that, that God is not the source of temptation. God is not the source of evil. And God, likewise, is not the source of bad things. God created a world and called it good. But there is a source of evil that lurks, that creates, that institutes, that slivers the temptation around. But there is still good news. Who in here likes good news? <laughs> Are you ready for it? God is so good. That's a lot better than it has been. Here we go. God is so good that he came as Jesus to demonstrate a new way. Jesus changed the narrative in the passage that he spoke that we read today. Instead of thinking of this commandment and many others as, as commandments of things that, that we are not allowed to do or that we shouldn't do, Jesus is saying, let's think of this commandment as a commandment to do good. Well, preacher, what do you mean? It says very plainly, do not steal. Let's look at this commandment the same way that we look at everything else. Or the same way that we're called to look at everything else. In all situations in our life, we are called to ask this question. What does God require of me in this? Another way to put that, a popular bracelet that was out whenever I was in middle school. WWJD, what would Jesus do? A more grown-up way to ask that is, what does God require of me in this situation? The Heidelberg Catechism has a lot to say about the Ten Commandments, and I like what they say. This is what the Heidelberg Catechism says about the Eighth Commandment. It says this, I do whatever I can for my neighbor's good, that I treat others as I would like them to treat me, and that I work faithfully so that I may share with those in need. When it comes to this commandment, Jesus changes the narrative by instituting the virtue that says it is more blessed to give than to receive. Listen with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 20, verses 31 through 35. I want you to hear this. This uh, Luke is the author of Acts. Luke is actually quoting Paul in this section and Paul is quoting Jesus. Okay? Did that just go to anybody? <laughs> so these are the words of Jesus by hearsay, the words of Paul, written by Luke. So here we go. 
Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to warn everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the message of His grace, a message that is able to build you up, to give you the inheritance among all who are sanctified, who are set apart by God. I coveted no one's silver or gold or clothing. You know for yourselves that I worked with my own hands to support myself and my companions. In all this, I have given you an example that by such work we must support the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus, for he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus' response to stealing... Jesus' response to all the commandments. Respond to sin with grace. Have you heard that before once already? Respond to sin with grace. As God's children, we are set apart by God. So we are also called to respond differently than everyone else in the world. We are called to respond to selfishness, not with more selfishness, but with selflessness. Now, I want you to get something straight here. No, I'm not saying, and Jesus was not saying, just let thieves and people run all over you and just give willy-nilly and say, oh, you stole my car, let me give you my house too. That's not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is also not saying feed the temptation of others to commit sin. That's not what Jesus is saying either. But what Jesus is saying is the old adage, two wrongs don't make a right. Are you familiar with that? It is so true in the words of Jesus. Two wrongs don't make a right. We don't combat evil with evil. We don't combat sin with sin. We respond to evil with grace. We respond with the greatest tool, the greatest weapon, the greatest ability, the greatest gift that God gave us by which to interact with others. We respond to our neighbors, regardless of how they treat us. We respond with love. Jesus himself said the greatest commandment, love God, love neighbor. Now yes, there is a right time to seek justice against those who break the sins that are also the laws of our land. But even through seeking justice, we can do so in a graceful manner. We can do so by loving those who steal from us. We can do so by loving those who do bad things to us. We don't have to be their best friend. But we can still respond for the call for justice in a graceful way. And that is the whole gospel message of what Jesus is trying to relay to us this day and to the people to whom God spoke through the mouths of Moses with you shall not steal. 
Change the narrative. Respond with grace. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.